Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. I have herpes. <laughs> Not the sexually transmitted disease, that's herpes simplex 2. I have something more closely related to what gives you cold sores, herpes simplex 1. Although I prefer to call it by its Latin name, herpes gladiatorum. It sounds cooler if herpes can be cool. Makes it sound like I, you know, got it killing bears or lions in the Coliseum. <laughs> but the reality is I got it from wrestling in college. Um, and, uh, you know, Herpes Gladiatorum, cool name as it is, it's kind of a mouthful. So amongst my wrestling friends, we usually just call Herpes the funk. Now, the way the funk works is um, you get a stressor on your body and you get some sores wherever the Herpes is. And uh, they give you this blue pill, Valtrex, you take it for about a week, clears up, and you're good to go until you get another stressor on your body and then it pops out again. Um, my funk was a biannual visitor, like clockwork. I'd get it in the summer when I got too much sun, and then evidently the sun is a stressor, it's not good for you. Um, and then I'd get it again at the beginning of wrestling season when I started working out really intensely. So for 10 years, I knew exactly when it was coming and I could take that Valtrex blue pill kind of prophylactically, so I wouldn't have any outbreaks. Well, five years ago, I started to have to take Valtrex, that little blue pill, every day, because I got a new job. And evidently, this job was more stressful than uh, six hours of wrestling practice, and it was more intense than the sun. <laughs> five years ago, I became a stay-at-home dad. So I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And when I was about their age, my real father left me and my older brother and my sister and my mom and took off. We never heard from him again. And in my family, we refer to this guy as Super Dude. Now, I know that name sounds really cool, but Super Dude is actually the name of Bart Simpson's fourth-grade hamster. So we thought it would be appropriate for this guy. And uh, when Super Dude left, when, when Super Dude left, when Superdude left, I, I feel like he planted some sort of seed in me because for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a great dad. Uh, other kids, when they, you know, they ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up, and people would say, I want to be a, a you know, professional athlete, or I want to be an astronaut, or a paralegal. <laughs> I, I never really had an, I just knew I wanted to be a great dad. Whatever I did, I just wanted to be a great dad. And I had this list, you know, this, this, like, this idea of what I was going to do to be a great dad. Um, you know, I had things that I had been fortunate enough to have in my childhood, and things that I felt like I missed out on. Um, and my kids were going to have the most idyllic childhood ever, you know. They were going to, uh, I was going to be like their coach and their teacher and their number one fan. And I was going to be a great judge. You know, I was going to instill this sense of justice in them. And um, I was never going to yell. And I was, I was never going to spank. Um, and, uh, you know, they were going to have, they were going to learn languages and play instruments. And we were going to have an in-the-ground pool and a trampoline. And I was going to throw them in the pool and, you know, give piggyback rides everywhere and jump on the trampoline and do backflips. I was going to be super dad. Well, a couple weeks ago, uh, my three-year-old and I were playing this game that he likes to play where he pretends to kill me. And I, I grab my heart and I fall down and he gets all on top of me, straddles me. 
and he pretends to have a defibrillator, and he shocks me back to life. <laughs> and I'm down there, and he gives me that first shock, and I open up my eyes, and I look up, and I see him, and this tear starts to pour in my eye. Because I'm looking at this beautiful, pure, innocent three-year-old, and he has no idea how I'm failing him. Because the reality is, I yell, and I've had to spank. And besides the trampoline in our backyard, there's not a lot on that list that I've accomplished. And I feel like a loser. And that's not a feeling that is very common to me, because I've been pretty fortunate my whole life to have success in those things I've tried. But these, this five-year-old, this three-year-old, I just can't get a handle on, you know? I, <laughs> you know, if you just work hard and put your head down and, and bowl through, it doesn't seem to end its success with these guys. <laughs> so, they're, they're beating me. And they're not just beating me, they are destroying me. I, and I, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that figuratively. They are destroying me. Because I have to take a blue pill every day to keep from getting sores all over my body. I'm gaining weight, I'm losing my hair, my, I'm tired all the time, and my, I have the shortest fuse. Everything sets me off. And I'm so traumatized at this point that when I hear the laughter of a small child, I don't find the beauty in it. I'm thinking, what is going on? There's something about to break. And I feel like this failure. And I look up and he gives me another shock. Ah! And that feeling of failure is just swept away by this realization that I'm gonna die someday. <laughs> he doesn't know I'm gonna die, but I do. And that tear gets a little bit bigger because I start thinking, what's he gonna do without me? I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm failing in a lot of ways, but I still feel like I am the best caretaker of this kid. You know, I, I stay up at night. I cannot sleep at night thinking about crazy ways I'm going to die. You know, I'm like laying in bed just thinking that this asteroid's going to come through and just hit my side of the bed and take me out. And I start to think, oh my gosh. I'm a failure and I'm going to die. And then that feeling of that, that, that realization that I'm going to die kind of gets swept away by this new feeling. And it, he gives me another shock. And I realize it's not that I'm fearing a world with him living and me dying. I'm fearing a world where he dies and I'm still alive. I cannot imagine a world where I exist and he doesn't. And that tear gets a little bit bigger, in fact, a lot bigger, because I realized I love this kid, even though he's killing me. <laughs> I love him. And even if I live 40 more years from today, it will still be too short. 40 more years of gaining weight and not being able to sleep at night and failing and taking that blue pill. And that tear, it's all right there. All those emotions, the fear and the failure and the love, right all in that one tear. And it's just about to roll down my cheek. My son looks down at me and he says, Dada, you need to come back to life. 
And I remember, yeah, I gotta come back to life. It's the game. He shocked me three times. So that tear sucks back into my eye, and I make my oh, re-entry into the world, and I, he falls off of me, and he laughs, and then he kills me again. And we do this for like 10 more minutes. And uh, at the end of the day, I put him to bed, and uh, I had my three hours of just not doing anything constructive as a parent, just zombieing out, because I'm so tired. And I'm laying in bed, waiting for the asteroid to come down and take, uh, take me out. And I, I realized, this parenting, it's like, a, it's like riding a mad roller coaster through a twister filled with puppies. <laughs> and I remember, I remember all those thoughts I had in just a couple seconds earlier in the day when I was playing with him. And that tear. And I, I wonder if Super Dude had that same tear. And maybe that's why he left. Maybe that's why he quit. But I think, you know, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to take my blue pill and I'm going to try really hard. And I might not be super dad, but I'm definitely not going to be super dude.